Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. The New Orleans Saints gearing up for a game in London against the Minnesota Vikings. And how are they going to do that? That's the question I asked yesterday. Because the injury report came out. And really, it was more like, who on the Saints isn't on the injury report. Because on Wednesday, just a few days from playing in London, the Saints injury report, they released the the injury report from practice for both the Saints and the Vikings. For the Saints, (laughs) 13. 13 players on the injury report for practice. These are not including the guys that have been placed on IR. These are just the guys that are dealing with injuries that are either limited or not practicing on Wednesday. 13. Would you like to know how many the Minnesota Vikings had on their injury report for practice? Zero. Zero. 13 and zero. That's not optimal. Good morning. Welcome to RP3 and Company. I'm your big, bald, and beautiful host, Raymond Parts III. I'm joined by the producer extraordinaire. Someone's already geared up for homecoming. We're going to tackle that later on today's show, but in a very subtle way. You know, a lot of people like to go big. You know, maybe they wear tuxedos in the studio. Maybe they get super pumped up with all their color scheme for their alma mater for homecoming week. Others, very subtle with it. You just think it's like a little fleece? No, no. It's got the Raging Cajun logo on there. That girl bleeds vermilion in white. Yes! Of course, we got a great show lined up for you today. A busy show. Gearing up for the weekend. It's a very, very busy show. We have five guests for you today. I know. Wait, time out, Ray. What are y'all doing today? We had such a good time yesterday that Hannah was like, boom, let's do five guests tomorrow. Let's see if we can do it. Let's challenge ourselves. And I said, yes, ma'am. Because when she gets fired up, you don't want to mess with that. You don't want to make the producer unhappy. We have five guests for you. Coming up at the end of this hour, Ray Clochier from Trail. They got a big event this weekend over in Sugar Mill Pond, and they got some great events lined up for the month of October. We'll talk to her about that. It'll be a rayathon. 
First time I've ever met a female Ray. First time. After that, Lee Sterling, our buddy from Paramount Sports, weekend sports line bets for college and pro. Big weekend. He'll join us to give his thoughts on those betting lines. That'll be at 7.30. At 8 o'clock, Les East from CrescentCitySports.com. He'll hop on with us. We're going to talk Saints and we're going to talk Pels. Media day for Pels earlier this week. Saints, of course, in London. We'll dive into that. Then that'll be followed by Giddy Up with Gary Goff, our weekly conversation with McNeese head football coach Gary Goff. His team got their first win of the season last weekend against Mississippi College. And, of course, Coach Goff joined the great one, Jim Gazzolo, on the McNeese Coaches Show last night live from Lake Charles. And then finally, Michael Braddon, the host of That SEC Podcast, will give us a preview, a sneak preview, if you will, of the weekend's slate of SEC action, and it is good. Bama, Arkansas, LSU, Auburn. Got some good games this weekend. Ole Miss, Kentucky. We'll look at all of it this coming weekend. So we got five guests, jam-packed show for you. But we're going to start off things with the New Orleans Saints. And we'll get to Aaron Judge making history and what the Astros did as well. We'll take care of that as well this hour. Are the Saints going to be even healthy enough to play the Vikings on Sunday? Here is the injury report from practice yesterday as the two teams gear up to play at Hotspur Stadium Sunday. We'll have that game for you. Of course, live right here on the game, we have four NFL games on Sunday for you. Oh, that's right. I don't even know what they call that. You call it a doubleheader for two, tripleheader for three. I don't know what you call. It's not four-header. Quadrupleheader? Maybe that's it. Here are the players that did not practice yesterday. Ryan Ramchek, starting right tackle. He didn't play yesterday for rest. Jameis Winston, back and ankle issues. He did not practice. Jarvis Landry did not practice for an ankle issue. Michael Thomas did not practice because of a foot issue. And Andres Pete did not practice for concussion. So that alone right there. And I'm going to double check with Hannah Five Names because she's just going to let me know if this is correct. Having your starting quarterback, your starting right tackle, your starting left guard, and your top two wide receivers not practicing the Wednesday before game. I'm correct in leaping to the conclusion that that is, in fact, not optimal. No, no, it is not. Thank you. See, she's got that good education from University of Louisiana at Lafayette. So, those are the guys that didn't practice yesterday. Now, some people believe that they will be ready. Jameis says he'll be ready to play. Ryan Ramchick will be ready to play, that he's just resting. But still, uh, two of your starting offensive linemen, two of your starting wide receivers, and your starting quarterback 
not practicing due to injury, not awesome. But that's just the tip of the iceberg, if you will. Because here's the list of players that were limited. Now, just because you're limited in practice during the game week doesn't mean that you won't be able to go for the game. But a lot of times you end up not being able to go play in the game because you couldn't get to the point where you weren't limited in practice. So let's look at that list, shall we? <laughs> limited in practice on Wednesday. Tight end, Swiss Army Knife, Taysom Hill has a rib issue. He was limited in practice. Deontay Hardy, all-pro return specialist and wide receiver. He was limited in practice due to a foot issue. Alvin Kamara, starting running back, pro bowler, limited in practice for a rib issue. That's just offense. Let's go to defense, shall we? On the defensive side of the football, Paulson Adebo, who's yet, you've still been dealing with his ankle injury. Guys immensely talented, can't get on the field because he's injured. Dealing with that ankle injury. Marcus Davenport, limited in practice due to a shoulder injury. JT Gray, special team star and backup defensive back, limited in practice with a shoulder injury. Marcus May, starting safety, limited in practice to a rib injury. Oh, and I also forgot about Traquan Smith has a concussion. He's limited in practice. So, yeah. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, uh, they had no one limited or... Had no one limited in practice, or nor did they have anyone that did not practice. None. Zero. <laughs> That's how you have to feel if you're a Saints fan. Look, it's too early in the season to talk about must-wins. right? We had the poll question last week where we asked, yeah, it is a must-win. Too early in the, in the season. And I agree with that. Way too early in the season for must-wins. But the Saints have a great opportunity to get back to 500 early in the season here, despite their offensive struggles, because they've looked awful. They've been dreadful. Because everyone else in the NFL, by the way, is 1-2 and two or 2-1. Two and one. With the exception of the Dolphins, who are 3-0, they take on Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals in those white-hot jerseys that they're going to have tonight on Thursday Night Football. And the Eagles, who are 3-0. Everyone else has a loss. So it's early in the season, so if you get a win on Sunday, if you're the Saints, guess what? 2-2, two and two, right back into it. The rest of the division looks very winnable. There's not an offense in it that looks dangerous. But they've played so poorly for three games. And I just, Kamara, Traquan, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, Andres Pete, Ryan Ramchek, Deontay, that's 10 guys on offense that are banged up. And the way they've played for three games, does that make you feel like you have confidence in their abilities to be able to go out there and win a game? 
when they're dealing with all these injuries? I don't know. That practice report, when it comes out today, you got to have at least half of those guys off of it, right? You got to at least have half, close to half. You have 13 on the report. You got to get that down to single digit. You, you, right, you got to get that down to like six or seven. Some of these guys have had to have made some progress from Wednesday to Thursday. Because if this practice report comes out today and it's still hovering around 10, boy, you better be putting money on the Vikings to win. Because Hobble Jameis Winston has not been good anyway. No, Andres Pete. How funny is it that pond water is injured while they go over the pond? That's funny. No Pete, no Ramchek. Banged up Alvin Kamara, banged up Taysom Hill. Maybe no Michael Thomas, maybe no Jarvis Landry. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Oh. Sure does feel like, to use a footsie term, and I'll use the illustrious Kevin Foot term here, it sure does feel like a medicine season. Just feels that way. Sure does. Just feels that way. We got to take a timeout. When we come back, more Saints. We'll hear from the Saints. They spoke to the media yesterday over in London. We'll share that with you next right here on RP3 and Company. You're listening to the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and you're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Great news, my sports-loving friend. No more aimlessly searching for sports talk love by swiping left or right. That's because you've already found the perfect match. For sports talk love, that is... Now, back to the only lover you'll ever need. The game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, it's time to kill two birds with one stone. Help a good cause and do some early holiday shopping. Listen up, fellas. The Opelousas St. Landry Parish Rotary Club auction is going to be held on Tuesday on KDCG Channel 50.2 over the air, Cox 9, Charter 11, LUS 22. The auction begins at 6, and viewers can bid on a variety of different items, including gift cards, vacation packages, hello, sporting goods, home decor, memorabilia, and so much more. All proceeds go to worthy causes, and items can go for pennies on the dollar. So make sure to tune in for the Opelousa St. Landry Parish Rotary Club auction this Tuesday on KDCG. There's lots of items on there. Sounds like they could make good wedding gifts. Maybe I need to tune in. It says pennies on the dollar. So I don't have to break the bank to get somebody a wedding gift. Or I could just find some used stuff on Craigslist and get that for the producer extraordinary Hannah five names I think that may be something we could try five names wedding gifts on Craigslist 
just randomly find things. Here's a used food processor that has magic marker all over it. You're welcome. <laughs> She's shaking her head because she knows that there is a, 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 just a smidge of a possibility that I could do some type of gag gift like that for her. But she also knows that my wife would only allow the gag gift, and then there would be another gift that would be the legitimate gift. So she, she, you could begrudgingly allow my shenanigans is how that would work. <laughs> Big day coming up. Big day. You know it's going to be here in no time, by the way. I mean, uh, it's we're about to be done with September. Mm-hmm. October's this weekend. It's huh, it's only a few months away. Yeah. On the 15th, we'll make six months. That's it. So right now we're at 198 days. So who's counting? <laughs> Do you have all the wedding plans done? Um, Most of them. Okay, so we have the venue secure, <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. We have a caterer. Yes. Okay, so we have venue, caterer. Uh, you already have your dress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I remember you posted that on social. So venue, dress, caterer. What about photographer? Mm-hmm. That's done. Uh, do you have a DJ or band? Yep. So that's secured. Flowers? We're waiting on her to come back with what they are going to be because they only can do either like wood or silk or... Like different type of material. So mm-hmm. waiting on her to give us back the options for what we want. Uh, and, and then lastly, uh, cake. Cakes. Is that taken care of? I have a design. I know what I want. But the lady from the venue that is doing our cake supposedly has not replied back to me in email. So I'm going to be calling the venue today to be like, hey, I want to make my cake. But your lady won't answer me back. So, But still, but still, six months out, the only thing that's not done that you haven't locked up, taken care of, already secured, is your cake. And mm-hmm. you're already working in the process of doing that. Yeah. And flowers. You still got to finalize flowers. Yeah, got to finalize flowers and cake. You're and in great shape. I have to find a new makeup lady because my hair and makeup lady is now pregnant and is due the day before my wedding. Yeah, so. that's not optimal. <laughs> I told her, I said, if you come to the wedding and you, you know, decide, you know, you're going to go into labor at the wedding, I have a nurse, retired nurse, two NICU nurses, a girl that sells pharmaceuticals <laughs> and another nurse. So, I mean, we'll just, I, we'd be set. We'll just, be we'll, good. We'll, we'll just have an impromptu birth there at the yeah. at the wedding venue. It's fine. Yeah, they, they may she charge. Take care of. <laughs> they may charge a little extra for that. I'm not for sure. It's fine. But you're in great shape. Yeah. Great job. Thanks. Great job. You're on top of it. Could be easy street for you. I'm trying. You and your wedding plans is easy street. The New Orleans Saints and their season <laughs> and their health. It is not easy street right now. Once again, in London, gearing up for their Sunday morning game, or Sunday morning for us. It'll just be Sunday for the fine folks over in England of taking on the Minnesota Vikings. And the Vikings have always owned the Saints, regular season, definitely postseason. So that's part of this. The Saints have started off dreadful, one and two, and they've looked bad in all three games. Issues on offense, issues on defense, issues on special teams. They don't look like they're a well-coached team. And now they got 13 players on the injury report for practice on Wednesday. Including two starting offensive linemen, quarterback, and three wide receivers. Woof. But 
Can they get healthy enough? Because if they can get a win Sunday, that kind of shifts things for them because no one in the NFL is running away with the league. You even have the best teams that play for Super Bowls in recent years, like the Kansas City Chiefs losing to a winless Indianapolis Colts team last weekend. Everyone's either 2-1 or one or 1-2, one and two, and then the couple of teams that are like 0-1-1 oh, one one or whatever. So, still plenty of time, still early enough in the season. But they are having to make some adjustments by going overseas. And one of those is the time difference because your body has to kind of reset, right? Because they left Charlotte, flew out of Charlotte on Sunday night or Monday morning to go to London. That is not a short trip by any stretch of the imagination. Time difference, adjusting, jet lag, and everything like that. And Dennis Allen talked about how difficult that's been. Yeah, it's not easy. Um, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a difficult transition. I think that's one of the reasons why we, we, we feel it's important to get over here early and um, you know, try to get it adjusted to the time as, as quickly as you possibly can. And um, So I think each day we'll get a little bit more comfortable with it. I've never been to Europe. Always wanted to go. It's on the bucket list. For me, it's always been something that I've always wanted to do. My mom was born in Germany. She went through Ellis Island. My other grandparents went through Ellis Island. So I got, you know, that's where I'm from. I've always wanted to go, never been able to go. So I can't tell you what it's like going across the Atlantic and dealing with that jet lag. What I can speak on is going to Alaska, which I've done twice. It takes you like a day and a half. Like, for real. <clears throat> it takes you a day and a half. And if you have any type of delays, which the Saints did, by the way, they had a bit of a flight delay. The longer it takes, the worse it is. It takes you... You have to adjust because of the time difference. You have to adjust because you've been in the airplane for so long. And we went up there for the last time for the vacation, not this past summer, but the summer before last, and it took about a day, day and a half for us to get right and kind of get settled and be like, okay. Like, where you get to the point where you feel normal. And in the same way when we came back. But I don't play professional football. It's a big adjustment. Same thing for the Vikings. They have to deal with the same thing. But not a huge fan of the London games. I just, I'm just not. Just, I just, not a big fan of it. Not a big fan of it at all. But they did get there early. They decided to get to London early in the week. And that may actually help them get adjusted and help them get focused for the game on Sunday. And Will Lutz spoke about the fact that the team got there early. Yeah, look, I don't want to give away our secrets, but it seems to be seems to be the right way to do it. I don't know. I can't I can't imagine playing a game in three days right now because I know those guys usually come over Fridays. When, you know, when we played in Miami, they came over Friday morning, and I think Minnesota's doing the same. And I've heard from guys on the team that's not fun, um, but you know that's a professional sleep doctor doctor making recommendations on both sides. So um, there's reasons for both, but I'm a huge proponent of getting over here early. So they did research with their medical staff and others to say, hey, it's going to benefit you to go early. Just go ahead and be done with it. 
and and they didn't even come back to New Orleans. Like they got done playing their game in Carolina, and they left Charlotte to go to London. They didn't come back to New Orleans. So that could be beneficial for them. You hope getting over to London early, letting them see some sights, get adjusted to the time difference and the jet lag will help Will Lutz make field goals. That would be optimal if you're a Saints fan. Watching him actually be Will Lutz and not what he's been so far this season. Of all the issues that the team has had, there's been a couple of bright spots. Defense, Pete Werner. Offense, Chris Olave. The two former Ohio State Buckeyes have stepped up in a big way. Olave, the betting odds now in Vegas have him as one of the favorites to win Rookie of the Year. He has been tearing it up in three games. He's been one of the the lone, really the lone bright spot for the offense. And he was asked, you know, look, he's been making this transition. What is he working on even now as a rookie? He's only three games in, but yet he looks like a seasoned pro. So what is he working on? Uh, just raw timing, uh, trying to clean it up in practice. And a, lot of, a lot of little things that, that uh, carry over into the game. I feel like I'm trying to uh, work on that uh, throughout the week and just get better every day and uh, try to get better throughout the year. They talked about him coming out of college, and when he showed up for, remember when he showed up for mini camp or rookie camp, they talked about his route running. Like the older wide receivers and defensive backs are like, this guy, the way he runs his routes is stupid. Like stupid good. That's what it takes in the NFL. That's why so many wide receivers struggle when they move on to the NFL from college. They struggle with running proper routes learning the route tree they struggle with it so many of them just want to go one-on-one in college and just beat the guy down the field NFL you have to run routes you have to understand them you have to understand how to be placed on the field how to get in a position where the quarterback can throw the ball to an area and you can catch it Alave is wicked smart he's got that in the bag he's been a huge bright spot for this team they need a win. They need a win in a big way. It's not a must win, but they definitely need it. And Alave talked about, you know, what would it mean for them to get a win on Sunday? Uh, it mean a lot, for real. I mean, uh, we came out to a rough start, one and two, but uh, just to take it one day at a time, try to get better every day, uh, to come out with a win would be huge, uh, to, to be two and two going back to uh, week five. But uh, just try, like I said, we're trying to get better every day, uh, trying to clean up, clean up everything and uh, put our best foot forward on Sunday. Alave has been really, really good for the Saints as a rookie. His former Buckeye teammate on the defensive side of the football and entering his second year in the league has been a huge bright spot for the defense. Pete Werner, man, they found themselves an absolute gem at linebacker. And... He talked about, spoke about, you know, the fact that a couple teams have had big rushing days against the Saints, and that's not typically the case. Remember, they had that great, like, five- or six-year period where they didn't give up a 100-yard rusher? Well, they've given up a couple 100-yard rushing games so far this year. And Werner, despite being a second-year pro, talked about why that's happening. I think 
I think we, we've struggled with uh, the moving parts, um, seeing different shifts, motions. Uh, we, I feel like offense have done, offenses have done a really good job of kind of seeing what we do well and exposing the things that we need to get better on. And I think just we've, we've given up more rush yards than we have in the past. And I think it's important for us to just, especially in this week of practice and previous practices and expanding from there is to highlight the things that we've given up and the way offensive has attacked us and just expand and get better in those areas. How great is it that you got a second-year player who understands why they're struggling against it and can address it and can speak to the media about it? That shows great leadership. That shows that he's going to be one of those guys on that side of the football, that the baton is going to be passed from Demario Davis down to Pete Werner. Finally, initial thoughts, Vikings, Dalvin Cook, stud running back. Kirk Cousins, maligned quarterback, but, man, he puts up some big numbers, especially during day games. They got Justin Jefferson, former LSU Tiger, on the outside, one of the best wide receivers in the game. Werner gave his initial thoughts on the challenges that the Vikings offense is going to present to the Saints come Sunday morning. Yeah, I think they, uh, they do well up front. I think it starts with them. They have a smart quarterback and some really explosive athletes uh, as far as receivers and a really good running back. Um, so they can do a lot of different things. I think uh, the key for us is kind of just sticking to what we do, uh, be smart with our eyes, and go out and execute at the end of the day. They'll need to execute, and they'll need to be on their best game. They'll, they'll need to play their best game of the year to win Sunday, even if they're healthy, even if 13 of those guys, all 13 of those guys can go on Sunday they're going to have to play their best game of the season. The Vikings are, are a pretty good team, and you're not going to be able to just uh, kind of sleepwalk through that game. You're just not. You had that opportunity against an inferior opponent against Carolina, and, and you didn't get it done. So Minnesota's a far better team. we got to take a timeout. When we come back here on RP3 and Company, Justin Verlander pitched himself a gym last night, but it wasn't enough as the Astros – Failed to get home field advantage in throughout the playoffs as they fall to the Arizona Diamondbacks. And Aaron Judge ties Roger Maris. We'll talk about it next right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Here on RP3 and Company, everyone is apparently part of the game family. Brother, 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 brother. Seriously, how many brothers does Ray have? Good morning to you, brother. Back to Ray and all of his brothers right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. In Louisiana, there are thousands of miles of utility lines and gas pipelines buried just beneath the surface. Sometimes multiple lines are in one area. So look, if you are a contractor that you've hired is digging a hole to put in a new fence, a pool, or for any other reason, does not matter what it is, big or small, you run the risk of hitting an underground line by digging only a few inches. What happens then? Maybe you only knock the power out for your entire neighborhood, but sometimes there's an explosion with injuries and even death. It happens every single year, and there's a very simple way to avoid it. Before you dig, call 811. Call 811 two days before you dig. Tell the operator your address, and someone's going to come out and mark the location of buried lines so you or your contractor can avoid them. It's simple, it's free of charge, and it's the law. 
Louisiana 811 operates 811 as a public service. And to promote public safety, Louisiana 811 and the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, reminds you, call 811 and know it's below before you dig. Houston Astros had a chance to clinch home field advantage throughout the playoffs last night, but were unable to do so, wasting a tremendous pitching performance by Justin Verlander. He went out there seven innings, scattered six hits, gave up two runs, only one earned, struck out eight. And then they went to the bullpen. And Montero did well, a clean inning, two strikeouts. Ryan Presley came out. Did a good job as well. A clean inning with two strikeouts. No runs, no hits. But then Will Smith came in there and woof. Only lasted two-thirds of an inning. Gave up three runs. Two of them earned on two hits. And that cost the Strohs the game. That cost the Strohs the game. Because the Diamondbacks had gotten an early lead okay they scored on a pass ball because martin maldonado had a pitch go by him from verlander and then they got a sack fly that drove in a run so they take an early two nothing lead the diamondbacks do but mccormick who needed one hits a two run home run to tie the game up in the fifth but then will smith Gives up three runs in the 10th inning. Woof. Not an optimal performance by Will Smith. Some guys got a day off. Some guys got some rest. Altuve just came in as a pinch hitter. Alvarez had the day off. And they fall 5-2. to two. Now, that said, their magic number still won. They have today off before starting their weekend series. And they'll have a golden opportunity to be able to clinch home field advantage throughout the playoffs. The Yankees, meanwhile, they won their game. And, of course, the big story is Aaron Judge blasted a home run. No one caught it, so no one could get money. Because he hit it into the bullpen there in Toronto. So no fan catches the 61st home run of the season, which ties, of course, Roger Maris's record. And he's going to have the opportunity for sure to be able to break the record with a week to go in the season. Now, is he going to be able to catch the other guys on the list in front of him? Sammy Sosa at 63, Sosa at 64, Mark McGuire at 65, Sosa again at 66, McGuire at 70, and Bonds at 73? No. He'll catch some of those guys, maybe. But as for if he's the real home run champ or whatever, we're not going to have that discussion. That's low-hanging fruit for Sports Talk Radio, and I'll let a lot of those national folks do that. We're not going to do that here. It's just not going to happen. Congratulations to Aaron Judd for hitting 61. Hopefully he'll hit 62. We'll leave it at that. We got to take a timeout. Coming up, trail event this Sunday. We'll talk about it next right here on The Game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. 
It's going to be a busy weekend in Acadiana, obviously homecoming for the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, but there's also a great event on Sunday inside Sugar Mill Pond there in Youngsville, and it's Trails Sugarman Triathlon. It's going to be this Sunday. To talk more about the nonprofit that is dedicated to building and improving outdoor recreation in local parks in the area is the director of Trail, Ray Cloutier. Ray, good morning. Thank you for being here. And by the way, yes, this is the very first time we've ever had another Ray on the show with yours truly. So this is a, a big deal for us. Something going to explode or something? Are you high speed, low drag, just like moi? <laughs> no? Come on, Ray. We're supposed to be having a party. It's a Rayathon. Oh, speaking of Rayathons, speaking of marathons, our last event of the season, let's start at the back. Our last event of the season is Cajun Country Run, and that has a half a marathon. No Rayathons, unless you come and register. But it'll have a half a marathon and a 5K and a 10K on the road. So that's three events. And then, bonus, when uh, Trail bought some property against the uh, right next to the park, we made some paths and there's some trails. So now there'll be a 5K and a 10K in the trails. So it's five events, one party, and a costume contest because this ladies and gentlemen is how we kick off the holidays so it's thanksgiving saturday which is november 26 and that is at acadiana park and there's 5k 10k 5k 10k road and trail and a half marathon and a costume contest bring your jingle bells and let's have a party It's been well documented that I am a large man, 300 pounds, and that sounds like a good time to me, and I'm not even that active. But, Ray, I think that speaks to what you guys do with trail, and that's what I want to ask you about next. You know, you guys make these events more than just a 5K or 10K. You make it like a party. You make it special. You give it a little something extra. Talk a little bit about that mindset and that approach to what you guys do at trail. Well, extra. (laughs) Read all about it. That's all I'm about. So um, what Trail does is it raises funds to kind of, um, I've I've said this spiel so many times, but it really is about making it a better place to, making Louisiana a better place to live, visit, work, and and play with your family. So it's about going out with your kids, being outside, being able to do something, being able to get on your bike, and being able to cycle somewhere without being terrified on Congress Street or on Johnson Street or on Pinhook. So we have a bunch of projects that are in the works, um, like the 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 Acadiana Park project where we bought some land. There are some other projects in the works that are coming soon, and that will be. Um, Something, I mean, just like all of our events, there's something for everyone, right? We have something for, and three pound, 300 pounds is not a big deal. You're a big dude, but we have events that are one mile for a run or a eight, nine mile bike, which I, my son and I just did for the first time. And there's, there's, there's something for everyone, but it's all about getting outside, get out and live. Those are like our goals. And the, um, so whether it's a paddling event, like at even, Something as simple as Tour de Atacapal, which is October 16th, which is at Festival Acadien Creole that weekend. So you get there early, excellent parking, and then for later. And, um, and you either run or you can run, paddle, 
and then run. So it's like our duathlon for that event. So, so many people are like, I don't know if I can do it. Just do it. Like you're paddling upstream and then you're floating back down. If you get tired, we'll just float. Like we'll catch you. We'll catch you. <laughs> well, she says we'll catch you. I just imagine myself going down and being part of one of these 5Ks. And then because I'm a large guy, I'll start rolling down the hill and building momentum and making a fool out of myself. <laughs> but no, it sounds like a great event. Once again, Ray Cloutier joins us here on RP3 and Company. Tell us more about this Sunday's huge event. Sugarman Triathlon, um, again, if, something for everyone. If you can only do a 5K, then get your buddy who can swim and get your buddy who can cycle, and then you do a relay team. And uh, I love it when people ask me, like, oh, it's my first time. I'm really nervous. We go through what's necessary, whether it's a 5K, a paddle, or anything, or a triathlon. It's their first time. They're always nervous. And the best thing about being the first time is you just do your best. Do your absolute best. And then that's your best time. Like, you you just got a personal record. And then next time, it's just about beating you. Who cares what, who's in your age category? Who cares what? Just come out there and just just try. Just try. You'll, you'll be able to do it. You just don't know you can yet. I love that. I love that. Hey, look, if you've never tried it before, you need to try it out, whether it's this weekend's event or any of the great events that Trail has coming up for October into November. Once again, Ray, tell the folks where they can go to get all types of information, whether it's a website or on social media, to find out exactly what you guys are doing and what you guys are putting on in the next month. Whether you want to register for any of our events or volunteer or become a sponsor, because we have marketing sponsorships for that, too, and volunteers we're always desperate for, you can go to latrail.org. That's latrail.org. Ray, appreciate your time. Thank you so much for stopping by, and best of luck. Hope it's a great turnout this weekend, and best of luck moving forward with all the other great events. Can't wait to have you back on to talk more about them. Thank you for having me, Ray. Rayathon is out. <laughs> the Rayathon is out. That's going to close out our number one here on RP3 and Company. But before we do, just a reminder, Trail is putting on the Sugar Man Triathlon this Sunday at Sugar Mill Pond in Youngsville. Spectators are invited. It's an all-road sprint, 5,500-meter swim, and a 15-mile bike ride through the Sugar Mill Pond development. Volunteers receive free food, drinks, and a shirt. For more information or to simply register, visit Visit latrail.org. Trail is a nonprofit dedicated in building and improving outdoor recreation in local parks here in the area. Hour number two coming up right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Oh, Saints, Vikings, Sunday morning, live from London. (sighs) Let's hope. Hope for the best if you're a Saints fan. 13 players on the practice injury report yesterday. (sighs) Jameis Winston, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Ryan Ramchek, Andres Pete did not practice at all. 
while Alvin Kamara, Traquan Smith, Deontay Hardy, Marcus Davenport, and others were limited in practice. Yay! Oh, Saints. Who dats, who dats, who dats. Talked a lot about that so far on today's show. Look, I don't think it's a must win. They need a win, but it's not a must win. And it's not a must win because the rest of the NFL has been, let's be honest, kind of trash. Just has been. Start of the NFL season has not been pretty. Been a lot of bad games. And I'm just not talking about the poorly officiated ones. I'm talking about just playing. Been a lot of stinkers to start off this season, more so than normal. That's part of the reduction in the preseason, and that's also this new trend of players not playing at all during the preseason. You're seeing sloppiness. You're seeing lack of execution. And uh, look no further than the New Orleans Saints. But despite the fact that they have played dreadful for three games, they're one and two. Winston looks lost. The offensive line can't pick up blitz. Guys are dropping balls. Guys are missing tackles. Will Lutz is missing field goals. And they look like a very poorly coached team. Because everyone else is 2-1 and one or 1-2, one and two, a win on Sunday, they're right there in the mix. Because the NFL has just wildly been inconsistent, just like the Saints have. They beat a pretty decent Minnesota Vikings team, which, to be fair, Minnesota's typically had the Saints number. You beat Minnesota, hey, man, you're 2-2, two and two, you're 500, and get to come back home, and you have some games on the docket, so to speak. Seattle, Las Vegas, those are all at home this month, or what will be this month, October. So they have an opportunity to get right. They have an opportunity to get right. But with all the injuries that they have, will they be able to do so? That's our poll question of the day. Can the Saints win the game in London with their laundry list of injuries? Your options for this question. We like injury playing. Heck no. When's next season? I mean, it's the Vikings. Right now, leading the vote, 45% of you say heck no. 27% say when's next season. Three games end, and some of you have already checked out. You're like, eh, I'm moving on. 18% say we like injury playing, and 10% say, I mean, it's the Vikings. Let's get to some of these comments on the poll question of the day, shall we? Ton, who's changed his name to Ton Pumpkin Spice. (laughs) Shout out to Ton. Says, whoever voted, it's the Vikings. We haven't had much success against them except Christmas a few years ago and the playoffs and Super Bowl run. That's it. I was at the uh, Christmas game. I was. I was also there for the playoff loss. (laughs) Where it felt like a funeral afterwards. And you're like, oh, man, it feels like the window's closed. And it kind of was. Brad on Twitter says, not thrilled with any of the choices, so I'll just write in, yes, we can. Brad with the positivity. Ton Pumpkin Spice, 
I, just, I can't stop saying that now. Oh, no, we suck again. John Paul Cajun Daddy says, this poll is so rigged, every answer means no. <laughs> and Todd says, yeah, you could hashtag write in if you wanted. Todd is sharing so many gifts this morning. My man has shared a Bender gift from Futurama, a gift from the Water Boy, and a gift from Rocky Four. I'm here for all of it. He's got John Paul Cajun Daddy sharing a gift of a kid wearing an oversized helmet being pelted in the head. That says, put me in, coach. Joe Cola says, instead of upping my BP meds, keeping my expectations low for the next two to three years, need at least that many solid offseason moves to be a serious contender. That includes coaching staff. Ugh. Tad says, nah, Vikings versus fish and chips not happening. Hannah Five names, don't forget the videographer. <laughs> videographer isn't in the budget. Mr. Green, a.k.a. Jamie, says they can win. Even with the injuries, they have a good chance to win. London has been new old New Orleans for the Saints, 3-0. and I'd love to see 4-0, and it could happen, injuries or not. That is an interesting thing that the Saints, this will be their fourth game playing in London, which just goes once again to my theory that the NFL dislikes the Saints greatly. But they've done well over there. And going over early like they did. Minnesota's not going over until Friday. Going over early gives them more time to just be focused on the game, focused on the preparation, a deal with the jet lag, which is a thing, and get ready for the game. That could be an advantage for them. I would look. I've been tough on the Saints, and they have looked dreadful. That's the way to describe it. Not bad, dreadful. Especially considering the expectations for this season. But I kind of like their chances Sunday. I just do. I kind of like their chances Sunday. I would not be surprised whatsoever if the Saints pull out a hard-fought win against Minnesota to get to 2-2. Two and Because two. I, I feel like my expectations were, with the talent they had on this roster, if healthy, they could be a 10, 11, 12-win team this season. I'm starting to kind of come off of that a little bit. I think the division is extremely winnable. Tampa has a legit, salty-as-all-get-out defense. Their offenses looked terrible. And they got injuries across the offensive line and in their wide receiving core. And Tom Brady is now the thin man from phantasm i don't know why he he looks so thin to me so the division is still winnable but this feels like this is going to be one of those seasons where it's going to be a workman-like season to get to nine or ten wins so there's going to be a few games that they'll lose that they shouldn't then there's going to be games that they shouldn't win that they do now i could be wrong they could turn things around they could get better coaching they could have better play calling. The offensive line could figure out how to pick up blitzes. Winston could go through his reads properly. Will Lutz could figure it out. Uh, there's a lot of things they can, they can improve on and, and do better. That said, I, I feel like it's going to be a, a, a year of struggle. 
I think they could still be a playoff team. Heck, they could even win the division. But it's going to be a lot of work, if that makes any sense. It's not going to be an easy pathway there. Like, like it feels like before they expanded the season, this would be a, a 9-7 and seven division championship kind of team. That's what it feels like. Now, you can't have 9-7 and seven anymore because they expanded the season, but you know what I'm saying here. Like That's what it kind of feels like. It's going to be work. It's going to be some work this year for the Saints. While the Saints prepare for London, taking on the Vikings, Astros lost last night in extra innings. Verlander pitched well, got the no decision. They turned it over to the bullpen. And uh, Will Smith, the, the former LSU Tiger, who came back to the Astros in that Braves trade, uh, had a meltdown. Go ahead and get that out of the way now in the last week of the regular season. Don't want to be seeing that come postseason time. Where you wet yourself and uh, give up three runs in the 10th inning. Just uh, go ahead and get that out of your system now, bud. By the way, Will Smith fell to 0-3 on the season. He has not been good this year. Could be coming to the end for the relief pitcher. That said, also interesting yesterday that Dusty Baker said, look, this is what's going to happen. My guys are going to play next week. Because we we talked about that on the show. What's Dusty going to do? He's old school, right? He played the game for a long time. He's been managing the game even longer. Dusty came out and said they're, they're, they're going to play. His guys are going to play. So go ahead and get ready for it. Now, they may get some rest. They may not play a full game. But Dusty was like, uh-uh. My guys are playing. Which I respect. He wants his guys to get reps. He said this, that the final scheduled off day of the regular season for his everyday guys. That's what, That was yesterday. He plans on playing his regulars. That includes Altuve, Bregman, Alvarez, Pena, Kyle Tucker. He plans on playing his regulars against both the Rays this weekend and the Philadelphia Phillies early next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, to wrap up the regular season. Both of those teams are vying for playoff spots. And he told this to Chandler Rome, who covers the Astros for the Chronicle. Quote, he's doing that for the integrity of the game. So even though the Astros will have home field advantage locked up and have no reason to have to do that, Dusty's old school, he's like, "Uh uh-uh. My guys are going to play. Now, they may not play the whole game. They may get subbed out, you know, in the games for sure. But he's playing his guys. So if you got tickets... For any of those games over the weekend against Tampa Bay, or maybe you're going to be blessed enough to go see the Astros play in the regular season finale, you may be able to actually get to see some of the starters. So, there you go. Strohs do have the day off. Tampa series this weekend at Minute Maid, and then Philly Monday through Wednesday to wrap up the regular season. Of course, last night, the big story out of baseball was 
Aaron Judge finally gets off the snide there in Toronto, hits home run number 61. That now ties him for Roger Maris. Roger Maris' son was on hand to witness the event. It's a nice moment. Like I, I, I like stuff like this. I, I just do. I enjoy these type of things. It's good. You know, the record was held, the home run, single season home run record was held for years by Babe Ruth at 60. Then Roger Maris broke it in 61. He hit 61 in 61. He was a Yankee. Not an original Yankee, came over, but became a Yankee. And now Judge has it. He's tied with Maris. He'll break the record. He'll get to 62. And then he'll be the new Yankee single season record holder. And the Yankees will have the American League title again. Home run title again. As for the big debate sparked by Roger Maris's son making his comments that he feels like Aaron Judge should be considered, uh, when he breaks his dad's record, he should be considered as the home run champ. He's entitled to his opinion. He's entitled to his opinion. Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, all hit more home runs. And, of course, Barry Bonds set the mark. They're steroid guys. That's why they're not in the Baseball Hall of Fame. I understand people want to rewrite history and say, hey, this guy's the new home run. It's not how it works. It's just not how it works. We all saw Mark McGuire break Roger Maris' record. We all saw Roger Maris's family, including his own son there, weeping and congratulating the mammoth man who looked like a He-Man action figure. Break the record. I, I get it. We we want to go back and all this stuff and, oh, no, this is the real. It's not how it works, guys. Just not how it works. Those guys hit those home runs. They're in the record books. It's a done deal. They took steroids, obviously. It's been well documented with books and reports and investigations and so forth and so forth and testimony and trials and the whole nine yards. It's all been well documented. But at the end of the day, they still hit them. And they're there. They still hit them. And baseball benefited greatly because of it. So, you know, the guy that oversaw baseball during that time, he's in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Bud Selig. Baseball benefited greatly when everyone turned a blind eye to steroid use. There's no way to know what pitchers had steroids as well. And we think Aaron Judge is clean. We'd like to believe Aaron Judge is clean. That's great. But there's been a slew of guys that we thought were clean that ended up not being clean. So th- deciding who it is and who it's not, yeah, that's, that's not really for us to say. The record is the record. So what it boils down to. You don't have to like the guys. Barry Bonds was a world-class jerk. The other guys were jerks as well. And taking steroids is a form of cheating. I'm not disagreeing with any of that. But the record is the record. And the record's in the books. 
So we can't sit here and say, well, no, the real record's going to be this. No, it's, it's, it's not how we're going to do things. It's not how it works. It's not how sports work. It's not how baseball works. Sorry, it's just not. Would I prefer one of my favorite players of all time, the beloved Henry Aaron, still be the all-time home run champ? Sure, sure I would. I'd love that. But he's not. He's not. Barry Bonds is. Just how it is. Just how it is. But congratulations to Aaron Judge. He'll likely hit a couple more, I would anticipate. He'll set the new American League record and probably add a couple more and, you know, climb up the list. And he's had a great season. Probably he's gonna, has a great chance to win the Triple Crown. He's going to win the MVP. He's going to help the Yankees to the postseason. Set the new American League single-season home run record. It's a great season, man. Great season. I'm not even a Yankee fan, but I can appreciate the history and respect it. Got to take a timeout. When we return here on RP3 and Company, we'll talk a little Raging Cajun football. Coach Dez addressed the media. We'll share that with you. That's coming up next right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the best local sports talk in Southwest Louisiana. Lafayette Marble and Granite offers the largest selection of granite, quartz, and marble in Acadiana. And look, they appreciate the opportunity to earn your business. And as I've you heard me tell you before, my friends over at LMG, Chris and his team, they provide more than show-stopping marble countertops for your kitchens, your bathrooms, and your man caves, and even your she sheds. LMG also now has an extensive selection of custom shower builds with their grout-free showers. That's right. No grout. That means no fuss, no muss, and guess what? No stinky odor either. Make sure to visit their website, lmgelite.com, to learn more about all the sensational services and the tremendous products they have to offer. Live inventory is updated every single Wednesday. Visit lmgelite.com, that's lmgelite.com, or stop by their soon-to-be-renovated showroom located right there on I-49 North across from Hub City Ford in the Jockey Lot. Lafayette Marble and Granite, they're looking to earn your business, and trust me, earn it they will don't forget to vote on our poll question of the day with all the injuries involving the saints 13 guys on the injury report yesterday for practice including five of them not practicing at all including Jameis winston michael thomas jarvis landry ryan ramchek and andres pete <laughs> leads us to our poll question of the day and can the Saints win their game in London with the laundry list of injuries? Go vote and leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter, and we'll update it throughout today's show. Right now, let's head out to the hotline. Welcome on, Martin, to the show. Martin, good morning to you, brother. I only got a couple minutes. What's on your mind, bud? All right, I'm going to make it kind of quick. All right, I got a couple of things I want to mention. Why you have to go and ruin my weekend? By, I mean, my, my day, I was enjoying the cool weather and everything, and then you bring up Aaron Judge's name. Lord, you know now you're going to have that Boston Celtics fan 
Paul calling in, bragging that Aaron Judge is not on steroids. The man's on steroids. He ain't going to get tested because he's a New York Yankee. You know how it goes. The the MLB is all about the Yankees, Yankees, Yankees. So they're not going to get tested, you know. But the man, either he, he's on steroids or he's uh, listening to trash cans banging or he's, he's mic'd up or something. But, I mean, you don't just hit 62 home runs or 61 or whatever. But anyway, the main reason I was calling in this morning was I need to publicly apologize because obviously yesterday when I called in the crunch time, I offended a long-time Dallas Cowboys fan by calling Dak Prescott trash cut. Okay, the man's not, not trash, but he still hasn't proven anything to me. When he wins a couple of playoff games and wins some big games, then maybe I'll start opening my heart. So. But, well, uh, well, well, Martin, I, I'll, just, I'll, I'll say this. I, that's not going to happen because your owner is who he is. So the problem exactly. is not Dak Prescott. The problem's not no. – wasn't, it wasn't Tony Romo before either. The problem is no. Jerry Jones. So, exactly. yeah, yeah you, can't, he, you can't really call Dak trash because the, the limitations for that franchise have to strictly do with the fact that the man who owns it in medals with every decision. Until, until Jerry Jones stays in the press box and lets our coaches coach, then we're not going to win a Super Bowl because that was the Saints' problem for years. Then Vincent let the coaches coach and what happened, they won a Super Bowl. But, yeah, I agree. I mean, I've been a diehard Cowboys fan my whole life. I sat through them through the Quincy Carter days. I sat through them through the Chad Hutchinson days. I sat through them through the Phoenix Testaverde days. Heck, we can sign Cam Newton. I'm still going to support my Cowboys. But they got a lot to prove to me, and I know they ain't going to do nothing until Jerry Jones uh, relinquishes his control, and that's never going to happen. But, like I said, Aaron Judge, he, he, he's on steroids, and have a good day, buddy. And, and Paul's a Celtics fan. Have a good one, buddy. Thank you, Martin. Enjoy your day. <laughs> Martin's a little salty. Boston got eliminated. And the Red Sox are weird, man. Red Sox are weird. It's either been feast or fathom for like like dozen years. They either go to the World Series or go to the LCS or they are below 500 and finish in last place in their division. It's hard to get a read on the Red Sox and why they're such a yo-yo franchise these days. Let's talk a little Raging Cajuns while we have a few minutes here. Coach Dez, look, his team's looking to kind of get themselves off the mat after losing at ULM. First loss to a Western Division opponent since they created the divisions. And first loss to ULM in a handful of years as well. They're 2-2 two and two on the season, and they get an ascending South Alabama team coming to Cajun Field for homecoming this weekend. Sure could turn their season around or turn it back the right way because South Alabama is really, really good. And Coach Dez talked to the media earlier this week, and he talked about, look, South Al, the Jaguars, they're coming, and it's going to be happening during homecoming weekend. It's you can feel sorry for yourself or you can move forward and and we better move forward because we've got a really good opponent coming in this weekend. Uh, a team that's three and one should be four and oh, you know, realistically, really good defensive football team. Great play up front at linebacker. Um, good, really good secondary. Uh, and then offensively, you know, they've been putting up points in big numbers. They they established the run. They've got a really good offensive line led by a center who I think is a really good player uh, at running back. You know, they've got 
They've got a good back, great balance, body control, speed guy behind them. They roll four deep at tight end. Um, at receiver, it's probably the best receiving core that we've played so far. So, um, you know, and then they've got a quarterback that goes out there and, and runs the offense the way it's supposed to be run, puts the ball where it's supposed to be put. So, you know, for us, we, uh, we certainly got to – We've got to improve. We've got to play better. Uh, it's always fun to play for homecoming because you get to represent the people who've done it before you, uh, get to kind of show your appreciation for them and the way that they've done it to, to put us in this position that we're in today. And, you know, our kids, they're excited about the challenge. You know, uh, we've got great leadership. I've said that from the beginning. And our team, you know, we're going to bounce back. We're going to keep working. And we're going to keep trying to work to fix the things we got to fix and move forward. He was also asked, is Saturday's game an opportunity for the Cajuns after having the nation's longest winning streak snapped at 15 games, losing back-to-back games for the first time in a long time? Is this an opportunity for them to make a statement? Is this a statement game Saturday against South Alabama? We're not worried about making a statement for anybody. We're worried about working our process and getting ourselves better to go out there and go compete and find a way to win on Saturday, every Saturday. That's what it is every week. Uh, It's not a statement to anyone else. We owe it to ourselves to do it that way. And we as coaches owe it to our players to give them the best, and they owe it to each other to give each other their best. And so for us, every week is – you know, every week is, is just its own thing. It's its own entity, and it's its own fight that you got to go out there and prepare to fight. And you get caught up in making a statement for down the road, and then you're not worried about the right things, you know. And for us, it's about what's in front of us right now. And this team, in the big picture, we can get a lot better this year, and we need to, and we're going to be a lot better by the end of the year. But this team has to get there by focusing on what's right in front of them. And what's right in front of them is a very good South Alabama team. South Alabama is so good, I would not be surprised if they win the entire conference this year. They're that good. They're that talented. Kane Womack is the right guy for that job. Cajuns, Jaguars, Saturday at Cajun Field. Whew. Man, we'll talk more about this game, the betting line on it, how you should approach it, when Lee Sterling joins us here after this time out but you know what it's a beautiful morning out there today y'all be careful on your morning commute to work or maybe you're headed to school maybe you're headed to Grand Coteau Elementary like Hattie Elise Parch is have a tremendous day go into the classroom and just dominate that's what my daughter's going to do today have a great day baby girl we gotta take a time out more RP3 and company though coming up right here on the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Kamara bobbles it at the 20. He reels it in, and he's got the ball. What a catch by Kamara. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the NFL. Oh, it's a great slate of games for this coming weekend, let me tell you. Not only for college, for the NFL. And we're about to help you out here because I know many of you out there listening right now love to place a little money on said games, get a little extra cash in your pocket, so to speak. And Lee Sterling's going to join us now. And just to point out, 
My man went 9-2 and two last weekend, including a 5-0 and oh sweep in the NFL. And he's won six of the seven weeks since the start of the preseason. So he knows his stuff. So listen up, because Lee Serling's going to help you with your weekend bets when it comes to college football and the NFL. Lee, good morning to you, brother. Uh, first off, how are you and your family doing there in uh, South Florida? Everything okay with you and yours? Uh, we're good. Uh, we're lucky. Um, I went through Andrew and, and lost my home then, and uh, so I know what it feels like. But uh, lucky, we only had like 20 to 30 mile an hour winds, minimal rain. But uh, for the people like in Fort Myers and Naples, it is devastating. Um, we're actually going to be taking in a family, some friends of ours from Fort Myers. They're saying power might be out for three or four weeks there. So, um, you know, got to do what you got to do, you know, helping out uh, people in times of, uh, of need. Absolutely, brother. And folks here in Louisiana yep. know all about that as yep. well. And we'll make sure to have our uh, prayers and keep them, uh, the friends over there in Fort Myers in the Naples area, in our thoughts and prayers during this difficult time. So let's uh, talk a little bit about this coming weekend because it's a huge weekend in the SEC. We have yep. a slew of different marquee matchups in uh, the conference and let's start off with Mississippi versus Kentucky Ole Miss coming off a 10-win season but Lane Kiffin has drastically changed his offense and that's because he's still trying to figure out the quarterback position where they're running the football like a service academy now and that's what it looks like to me when I watch him play and they face off against a very very good well-coached Kentucky Wildcats team that's already defeated uh, Florida on the season. Ole Miss, Kentucky, the Rebels are the seven-point favorite. That seems a little high to me. How do you like this game? Yeah, Jackson Dart has only thrown 51 passes the entire year. And uh, his pa- part of the reason is they just don't have the receivers. I mean, they don't hold on to the ball. Uh, in years past, this was a passing team. This is a run-first team. Now, they don't run a triple option, but uh, – they run a power spread, and so you think of you know their entire coaching staff and their offense is open offense. Not the case. Um, their offense is a little better than Florida's offense, but not much. I mean, uh, check out. I mean, they've only faced. I mean, look at the defenses that almost has faced Georgia Tech, Troy, and Tulsa. Um, Kentucky's defense can bring it. I mean, they are hard-nosed. They're allowing only 272 yards per game. Uh, pop in the tape against Florida. They come at you. They hit. Their quarterback, Will Levis, gets better every time I watch him. All these other quarterbacks are, you know, potential first-rounders are falling by the wayside. Um, he's getting better. I think right now he's a mid-first-round pick. And then they get star running back Chris Rodriguez back from suspension. How good was he last year? Well, he only averaged 6.1 yards per carry. The Cats are on a 11-3-1 against the spread run here, and they're looking for revenge for 2020's 42-21 overtime loss. I just think Kentucky's more balanced than complete. Um, I think uh, the wrong team's favorite. I have Kentucky winning the game outright 31-24. And I agree, and I don't know if Ole Miss's defense is going to be able to have an answer for future first-round draft pick that yep. Kentucky has at quarterback either. I just I, – I like the Wildcats in this game too, Lee, and I, th- I think that the spread is, is wrong here. Let's go to the other game because I actually yep. kind of agree with the spread here, and I'm surprised uh, and uh, by that. 
Mississippi State, Mike Leach, company, they were humbled by LSU a few weeks ago. They're a three-point favorite against Texas A&M. Now, the Aggies, after being upset by App State, they've hey pulled off a couple of nice wins. They haven't looked pretty doing it, but they at least have won. But Mississippi State's always good for one t- upsetting one team along the way that they probably shouldn't. And it feels like maybe this A&M contest is going to be that. How do you like the spread, and how are you betting it? Okay, so it's obvious. Defense is carrying the Aggies right now. Great move by Jimbo Fisher to snag defensive coordinator D.J. Durkin from Ole Miss. Oh, yeah. Their, their pass D is allowing just 4.7 yards per attempt. Anything under five is excellent. And uh, Max Johnson, nothing special. He's not fancy. He doesn't They don't complete many balls down the field, but not turning the ball over. And the running back, Devin A-Chain, I mean, this kid, he's not big, but he runs hard. I mean, he ran for 159 last week against the Razorbacks. Um, I like Mississippi State better as an underdog, not as a favorite here. I think this is a game that's going to come down to a field goal either way. I have A&M winning the game 24-23, so I'm going to grab the three-and-a-half points here in the Aggies. It's going to be a close one. I think it's it's going to be a good game. I just don't trust the Pirate as a favorite. Just, just me. <laughs> yeah, and he has – look, you look at the history, and I understand why yeah. as well because he's always better as the underdog. His right. teams always perform better in that role. Let's talk about the game that's going to be taking place on the Plains. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, uh, Auburn's a mess right now. Yeah. They, they struggled to beat Mizzou. Uh, reports are that they were going to fire their head coach if they lost to Mizzou, so maybe they'll, they'll fire him this weekend. It, it just seems like it's going to happen. But – and LSU is the far better team, and they've gotten better yep. every week. But this series, as you know, Lee, is wacky. It always mm-hmm. is. There's something weird that always happens. It's a great rivalry game. It's kind of under-the-radar rivalry game in the SEC, and it's, it's produced some legendary, crazy kind of moments when these two teams face off. LSU is more than a touchdown favorite. How do you like that line, and how you bet in this game? So I talked to a couple of my Auburn fans, and I said, if you knew he was going to get fired, they lose the game, would you root for LSU? <laughs> and they're like, uh, well, <laughs> they hum and haul. So I don't know if there's that much of a home field advantage here for Auburn. I mean, they're 0-4 this year against the spread. They have way underperformed here. This is the fifth straight home game for Auburn. They haven't even hit the road yet. And Brian Harson, I don't think does he have any backers except for like family and friends? I, I can't find him. Auburn's offense is atrocious. Two hundred and seventeen total yards before overtime against Missouri. They were lucky that that run that I mean, Missouri's really inches away from winning that game in regulation. Um their options at quarterback, uh an injured but practicing TJ Finley, beat up freshman Robbie Ashford. Uh, true freshman uh, Holden Griner. I mean, uh, that instills absolutely no fear in a defense or confidence here. And the LSU offense is improving by the week. They've got revenge for last year's 24-19 loss. I, I think LSU wins and covers 30-17. to you, oh, you like him to win and cover. Yeah, I like that. Win and cover. Yep. Let's stay and he in gets the... fired. Harson goes down. Yeah, yeah. Walking off the field. If 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 yeah, it's kind of like the Herm Edwards situation where you saw the president, and the yeah. AD meet him before he even got off the yeah. field, and you're like, oh, that's never a good sign. 
That's never a good sign. Let's stay in the state I of Louisiana. I don't think we've ever seen that before. No. I mean, that was crazy. That I was, mean, that was I think crazy. It's totally disrespectful. You let them talk to their their team, and then you do it afterwards after everyone's left. But um, you know, times have changed. Yeah, t- times have changed. Let's talk yep. about the Louisiana Raging Cajuns because a disappointing loss at ULM. It's the first time they've lost to a Sunbelt Western Division opponent since they went to divisions. And they're going to be welcoming in what I believe is a team that could be the Sunbelt Conference champion overall. I think South Alabama's that good. I think they're emerging. Kane Womack's doing a terrific job there in Mobile. South Al is the favorite on the road against the Raging Cajuns. How do you like this game, Lee? Well, things have changed, and and that's the most important thing you have to learn when you handicap. Um, you can't get a lot of people. What they do is they watch a team, and all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, okay, I'm going to base my decision on last year, or on history, or even on the first game." And that's a mistake. I mean, there's a lot of times the reason we've been successful so far this year. We might go with a team one week and against them because we spot a weakness the following week. Louisiana Lafayette, and we had them a couple weeks ago in the game they won and covered, but they're plus nine in turnover ratio. If you're plus nine, you're probably 4-0. And they're 2-2 two and two with losses to Monroe and Rice. Now, Rice is a little improved, but should never have lost that game last week. Neither quarterback, Chandler Fields or Ben Wildridge, um, have grabbed the quarterback position. You see no leadership at all there. Uh, they can't push the ball down the field. South Alabama is good. I mean, this is a team in the second year with, with Kane Womack. They're, they're two points away from being 4-0. They should have beaten UCLA. Pop in the tape and watch the game. They were the better team that game. I like South Alabama. They double up Lafayette here, 28-14. Let's go to the NFL London morning game. Saints-Vikings. Saints have 13 guys on the injury report for yeah. practice yesterday. Vikings had none. And the Vikings usually have the Saints number, traditionally speaking, in this matchup. Vikings are the favorite, only by four, for the game being played in London on Sunday morning. How do you like the game, Lee? Okay, so we almost always do the Saints. Uh, I mean, they'd have to be like one and six, one and seven, so we don't don't cover their game. Be upfront as possible with you. Toughest game of the week for me to predict on the entire card. This will not be released to my clients. Um, even with all those injuries, and especially receiver. I mean, top three receivers are all game-time decision. No Dalvin Cook. I mean, when Dalvin Cook's not in there, this, this offense just does not operate at a real high level here. Two new head coaches, too. I mean, the Saints are 1-2, are, are and two, but it feels like they're 0-3. They got lucky against Atlanta. But now we're finding out Atlanta really wasn't so bad here. Um uh, I, I just think that this is a tough game. Maybe the better defense wins this game. Slightly Saints here, 20-17. to 17. All right, brother. Give us your game of the week. We go back to the SEC for it. <laughs> wow. Alabama and Arkansas. We're going to find out, can Alabama, can they, can they stretch their legs and win easy? Or can Arkansas get up off the deck after that doink, that field goal that would have won the game probably for them? Uh, this is a big-time game. You want to... Find out the right side. Just call 800-400-9741. We'll give you the game for free. As you mentioned, got a perfect 5-0 and NFL card last week, 9-2, and 8-3 the week before that, 6-3 and the week before that. So um, no one works harder. No one has more documented success. And I'm talking about documented success. Go to our website, 
ParamountSports.com. We put every single release we've given our clients for the last five years. A lot of services, they'll tell you, oh, we went we went 5-0 and last week. Well, where, where's, where's the proof? So every single one of my games is documented. As soon as the game starts, we put the game up there. As soon as the game's over, we fill in the, uh, the score. So you want to hop on board. How about this? Five weeks. We don't call it October. We call it October through October 31st. Five weeks, every NFL game I've got, and college football. That's 10 to 14 games a week. And I will throw in the UFC card this weekend and baseball through the World Series, $347. Use coupon code SAVE50. That's S-A-V-E and the number 50. Don't put a space in between the word and the number. SAVE50, $347 for five weeks of football, baseball, and UFC. Just one place, ParamountSports.com, or call 800-400-9741. Lee, appreciate your time as always. Enjoy your weekend, brother, and we'll talk to you next Thursday morning, my friend. Thanks, RP3. Have a great weekend. we got to take a timeout. We'll wrap up hour number two in a few moments. You're listening to The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Ah, poll question of the day. Can the Saints win their game in London with a laundry list of injuries? Right now, 43% of you say, heck no. 26% say, when's next season? 17% say, we like injury playing. And 14% say, I mean, it's the Vikings. Keep those votes coming. Keep those comments coming on our poll question of the day. Leave them on Facebook and Twitter, and we'll share them with you in the final hour of today's show. Speaking of, that's arrived. Les East, Crescent City Sports will join us to talk Saints and Pels. That's coming up next right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything, everything. Everything gonna be alright this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Final hour of RP3 and Company has arrived. We've had a good show so far, but it's about to get even better. Coming up in this hour, our final hour of this Thursday edition of RP3 and Company, making his RP3 and Company debut, Michael Braden from That SEC Podcast will be joining us to help preview the weekend slate of, huh, looks like some marquee matchups in the SEC. That'll be coming up half an hour from right now. About 15 minutes from right now, Coach Gary Golf. Our weekly conversation, Giddy Up with Gary Goff, the Meanies head football coach. That'll be coming up. But right now, it's time for us to talk some Saints and maybe even a little Pelicans with our friend from CrescentCitySports.com, the one and only Mr. Les East. Les, good morning to you, brother. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well, Raymond. How are you? Doing great, bud. I'm doing great. So let's start with the Saints. I look on the injury report that's provided yesterday following practice. And I see 13 gentlemen 
listed on there. Five did not practice at all, including two starting offensive linemen, then the quarterback and two starting wide receivers, and then a slew of other guys as well that were limited in practice while the Minnesota Vikings had no one on the injury report. Uh, is that cause for concern for the Saints? Well, I don't think that uh, that's accurate about the, the Vikings. They had uh, several players on their injury report, including uh, Dalvin Cook, the running back who injured his shoulder uh, last Sunday. Their, their report came out much later than the Saints because the Saints are in London and the Vikings aren't. But Oh, okay. Uh, I got you. The, All right. The Vikings did have a uh, an injury report. They have a starting linebacker. They have Dalvin Cook. They have a backup DB. Uh, I think they had five players total who did not practice yesterday. Although listening to their coach yesterday, uh, it sounds like Dalvin Cook might be able to give it a go. I don't know how healthy he'll be. But as for the Saints injury report. Um, yeah, it's somewhat concerning. Uh, you know, we got to see about Jameis Winston and, the, and the, the the primary wide receivers, Mike Thomas and Jarvis Landry, are a concern. Uh, I wouldn't be concerned about Ryan Ramchek. I think that was rest. Um, I think Camaro is limited. So, you know, the, the skill positions on offense are certainly a concern going into this game because the offense has been a major concern uh, with or without injuries over the first three games. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot to be concerned about with that Saints report. You know, when I watch this team play through three games, less, and everyone focuses, focuses on Jameis and the fact that he's played poorly, but you know what? I see an offensive line that can't pick up blitzes. I see... Uh, offensive coordinator that doesn't call screens for some reason I see defense that misses tackles I see a kicker that misses kicks and all in all through three games I see a poorly coached team overall like they don't seem to be focused they don't seem to be prepared and they just don't seem to be well coached I'm not trying to be harsh but that's what it looks like to me through three games well, I don't disagree. I uh, I wrote uh, CrescentCitySports.com after the game on Sunday that, you know, we, we now have three games, so all of this preseason speculation about how good they might be uh, has to take a backseat to the evidence we have. And the evidence we have through three games is that they're a bad football team. Now, they certainly have the ability to change that, and they have 14 more games. It may look a lot different down the road, but right now uh, they're not ready to play when the game starts. They've scored 38 of their 51 points in the fourth quarter when they've been in desperation mode trying to catch up in all three games. Uh, So they're not ready to go offensively. They're not calling plays. Uh, They don't have a good offensive plan to begin with and they're not executing the plan well. Uh, The defense has mostly played well the last two games, but they had a chance to turn the game on Sunday around, and P.J. Williams and Tyron Matthew both whiffed on a flanker screen against a horrible passing attack and turned it into a game-winning touchdown. Uh, Botched two field goals last week, as you alluded to, 
And, and you know, as far as the offense, that, that's really where the concern is that they don't establish the run so that it's difficult uh, on the passing game to get going. And then there's no continuity in terms of picking up the blitz. Now, some of this falls on Eric McCoy, some of it falls on Jameis Winston, and some of it just falls on the blockers in general. But, you know, we got spoiled watching Drew Brees walk to the line of scrimmage, immediately identifying where the pressure is going to come from, and if necessary, changing to another play or adjusting the blocking assignments so that 99% of the time they were in the proper scheme for what the defense was going to do. Right now, they are not identifying it. They're not communicating whatever they do identify, and they're not executing in unison what they're trying to do. And the book is out on them, and until they figure out how to pick up the blitz, they are going to see a lot of blitzes from other teams because they can't handle it. And look, it's yeah. I I go back to earlier this year when the reports came out that Pete Carmichael had no interest to being the OC. Remember, he 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 wanted to be on staff. He just was okay being like an assistant coach and a quarterback coach. He had no desire to be the offensive coordinator. He did that for the year after Bounty Gate, and it just wasn't his thing. And yet they came back to him, and they had another conversation with him, and, and they, they had him decide to be the OC. I, I, I'm, look, it's a long season, list. I, I get that. It is. But I kind of it just, it just sprung to mind watching this, the play calling and watching this offense struggle that the guy who's in charge of the offense, the OC, was a guy that didn't want the job and, and basically told them, I'm not interested, and – they circled back to him and convinced him to take the job. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe is there a possibility that Pete Carmichael understood what his limitations were as a coach? Well, it's possible, and it's natural that that would spring to mind because you wonder if he is the right guy for the job or if he's in the right mindset for handling the job. But, you know, he, he's he been there since 2006. He's been the coordinator since 2009. He did play calling in 2012. Yeah, he did it a lot of it in 2014 when they were like the most prolific offense in NFL history, practically. So he's proven, I think, that he can handle the job. Uh, but right now, he's not handling it very well. And, and part of it, I think, might be that he and Jameis Winston have not had a lot of time together. That's fair. Uh, with Winston being hurt last year, and they're trying to figure out what Winston is comfortable with, what Winston handles best. And it's a work in progress, but the progress has been very, very slow. And and you could, I guess, say that there really hasn't been progress. They started off poorly, and they've been poor for three games. So we'll see where it goes from here. But certainly you have to question whether right now Pete Carmichael is the right guy for that job. Jameis is going to be the quarterback. And I totally understand that. And I actually kind of support it, to be perfectly frank with you. Uh, It's the guy that they want to roll with. He wants to go. He's got the four stress fractures, but they can play through it. Now he's got the ankle injury. People love calling for the backup quarterback. It's It's a tradition like none other. 
in the NFL. Always think you got a better option. Always think that the grass is greener and that your backup can lead you to glory. And if you're a Saints fan, you remember Aaron Brooks coming in off the bench and doing so to lead them to, you know, that great season where they won their first playoff game. So I get it. Do you think, though, less that this team will make a change at quarterback if Jameis and the offense struggles again on Sunday against the Vikings? Well, I do think that, that Dennis Allen will be quicker uh, with the hook in this game than he has been previously if, if they continue to struggle and are having to play from behind uh, because now, you know, you start to get to one and three and things start to look worse uh, than they did when you were one and oh and one and one. Um, so, yeah, and, and the injuries, I think, are, are a factor. I, I don't care what they say. The back is affecting Jameis Winston's throwing, and now he has the foot problem. So, um, yeah, I, I think they're going to look – they will be quicker to make a change if things continue the way that they have changed. I think they've understandably been reluctant to do that. Jameis Winston is clearly the guy they think gives them the best chance to win, and you really open up a can of worms once you make that change. And uh, it, it, it just creates a dark cloud over the team whether they're losing confidence in Jameis, does it start to split the rock locker room? Some players want Jameis, some players want Dalton, if he's up to the challenge. The fans are certainly going to be split if that happens. So that is something they don't want to invite into the conversation if they can avoid it, and yet they have to start winning football games. All right, bud. What do you think is going to happen Sunday morning in London? Do you think the Saints come out focused and able to gut out a victory against a pretty good Vikings team, or do you think they fall to one and three? My guess is they fall to one and three. It it would not surprise me if they come out and and are focused and play well. I think the defense will will certainly play well. Uh, But until I see something more from the offense, uh, I I just – can't expect them to win. I just don't see why they're suddenly going to start clicking on offense because they have been so bad. Now, I think they need to look at going to the hurry up earlier in the game. All of their success on offense has been through the hurry up passing game, and that's been forced on them by game situations. If they choose to do that earlier, that might get the offense going and get them into a better position. They don't want to do that for 60 minutes. But if they mix that in early and get the offense going, then I can certainly see them them winning this game. But I think chances are they're going to come out and they're going to look the way they've looked the last three games. I think Minnesota, even though they had a bad game against Philadelphia, I think for the most part, Minnesota looks like they're a fairly good team and they have their act together better than the Saints do right now. All right, brother, I'll get you out of here with this. Pelicans held media day. All types of optimism coming out of New Orleans about this team. What was your biggest takeaway from the media day event earlier this week for the Pels? Well, I just think, I mean, everything's about Zion Williamson right now. I, I thought the most interesting thing, though, coming out of media day was probably the fact that the one cautionary person was Brandon Ingram, and understandably so, because everybody, you know, the, the, the general feeling is that, 
wow, they were a pretty good team at the end of last year, and now you add Zion Williamson, and they're going to be great. And they should be a good team. But this isn't going to be simple. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to come out with come without complications putting him into the rotation that they had last year. There's going to be an adjustment period, and Brandon Ingram understands this more than anybody because he has to adjust the most. Jackson Hayes is a guy who loses his starting position, but Brandon Ingram is the guy around whom the entire offense worked last year. And now Zion Williamson comes in, and it's going to take a while for them to figure it out. I think they will figure it out, and they will be a good team. But I think the fact that Brandon Ingram was the one guy that said, be patient, it's going to take a while, I think that was a wise thing for him to say, and I think he understands it better than anybody because he's the guy affected the most by the adjustments they're going to have to make. Les, appreciate your time as always, brother. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk to you next Thursday, my friend. Thanks, Raymond. Hey, while you're gearing up for a busy weekend of college action, you got homecoming for Louisiana Raging Cajuns, you got Saints playing in London on Sunday morning. Hey, why not check out what's happening at Park International this Saturday? Because Ladin Music Fest returns. The family-friendly event puts the spotlight on the beautiful and bold Ladin culture in our community. Celebrate the bold taste and sounds of Ladin culture. Admission is only $10. Kids 12 and under get in free. And Cuban superstar Simafunk headlines the lineup of musical artists. That's Latin Music Fest this Saturday from 4 to 10 at Park International in downtown Lafayette. For more information, visit festivalinternational.org. We gotta take a timeout. When we return, it'll be time for Giddy Up with Gary Golf, McNeese Football. We're gonna discuss it next right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. A shot to left field, going back on its Gordon. He'll look up at the corner. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. And your home for the Houston Astros. Here is your traffic update on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The traffic signal in front of the Popeyes at West Pinhook and South College is out. Treat it like a four-way stop. If you see any accidents, call 706-0119, Superior Contract Cleaning, Acadiana's top choice for flood, fire, and mold remediation. Visit superiorcontractcleaning.com. That's your traffic report on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Delta Media is your home for thrilling high school football. This season's lineup includes St. Thomas Moore on the game, 1037 Lafayette, Acadiana on MeTV FM 97.7, Karen Crow on Z1059, Southside on Mustang 1071, Vermilion Parish on 106.3 Radio Lafayette, St. Landry Parish on News Talk 98.5, and Bar on the game, 1041 Lake Charles. Delta Media is your home for Friday night football. Employee onboarding? Automated. Hmm. Customer support? Automated. What if you could automate all your company's routine operation tasks and do it easily? Uh, lead management. Automated. With Zapier, you can. Zapier is the leader in no-code automation. 
Connect over 5,000 apps, automate almost any workflow, and streamline your team's performance without hiring a developer and with no coding required. That's right, Zapier's templates make it simple for you to automate anything in minutes, no matter your level of expertise. Zapier eliminates routine tasks and frees your employees to focus on the bigger picture. And with Zapier's advanced security features and annual SOC 2 audits, your data is safe and secure. See why thousands of companies, including Slack, Salesforce, and HubSpot, trust Zapier to automate their businesses. Even complex tasks? Automated with Zapier. Try Zapier for free today at zapier.com radio. That's Z-A-P-I-E-R dot com slash radio. Zapier dot com slash radio. Frank and Tony Productions present For One Night Only. Band of Heathens live at the ACA in downtown Lafayette. Critically acclaimed Root Rock Originals. Band of Heathens. I was born in the rain on the Ponza train underneath the Louisiana moon. Rolling Stone calls them a smoking live band. Don't miss Band of Heathens. Friday night, October 7th at 7.30 p.m. Take me away, hear that whistle play a sad, sad song. Get your tickets now at AcadianaCenterForTheArts.org. Band of Heathens, one night only at ACA. She's hot, she's cold, and she's mean. Nobody taught her. another Frank and Tony production. Band of Heathens at ACA. Friday, October 7th. Show starts at 7.30. Progressive presents Don't Do It Yourself. Okay, fixing a water heater. Easy peasy. Oh yeah? So you know how to secure the skiff joint? Yeah. Detach the steam pump? <laughs> Takes two seconds. And fasten the double to the pressure tube? Yeah, my dad taught me how to do that. Oh, that's interesting because I made all those things up. Look, we should just bundle our home and auto with Progressive. We could save big, then pay someone to do it for us. That's cool. This double's the wrong size anyway. Save when bundling home and auto with Progressive and use the money to, you know, not do it yourself. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. We're roping in McNeese head football coach Gary Goff here on RP3 and Company to talk cowboy football. It's time for Giddy Up with Gary Goff. The Manise Cowboys picked up their first win of the season at home under the lights inside Cowboy Stadium as they took down visiting Mississippi College. And that's just the start of things to come. To break it all down for us and to look ahead to their Southland Conference opener on the road this week at Incarnate Word is the man in charge of the Manise Cowboys. First year head coach Gary Goff. Coach, good morning and congratulations on getting that first W. Hey, I appreciate it. So let's start there. How good does it feel to kind of get that out of the way, so to speak? You got the win, and now you guys can really kind of get things rolling in the right direction. Well, I mean, it's always good to to, to come in after a win, right? Um, you know, but most importantly, it was good to see our our guys have success and uh, enjoy it with one another with with one another because. You know, winning is a habit as well, you know, and, um, you know, so it, it'd be nice to, you know, start getting some wins un- under our belts and, uh, you know, having these guys continue to believe in each other and um, the process. But, uh, you know, Saturday night was a lot of fun. It was good to see the team 
fight through some adversity. Um, there was a few critical moments in the game, and um, you know we had an opportunity to maybe you know turn some plays down and, and not hang in there, and, and we didn't. Our, our guys fought really hard for four quarters, and that's what it's all about. But uh, very proud of them. You've been able to run the ball so effectively this season, and it showed up again on Saturday in the win over the Choctaws, where you had not one but two different 100-yard rushers. How significant is that, and do you feel – like that maybe is now your team's identity, so to speak, four games in that you guys are a running team. Well, you know, I, I don't know about that. Um, it, it, it's very important for us to have the run game going. Um, you know, that helps up helps open up. You know, throwing lanes and, and throws down the field. But you know, Mississippi College, you know, we, we've played them three different times, and the stats are almost always identical because they drop three safeties the entire game. Uh, and we got to be patient enough offensively. If, if our opponents are going to do that, we got to be patient enough hitting them with the run game um, and, and continue developing our quarterback. We're not going to ask our quarterback to throw the ball deep when they're dropping eight on a regular basis. So, um, you know, I mean, hey, we're going to do what it takes to win. And uh, Saturday night it, it was uh, a heavy dose of running. And, uh, you know, if, if the next week is, there's a lot of uh, zero coverage and nobody back deep, it might be might be the other way around. It might be a lot of, a lot of balls downfield. But, um, you know, so – you know, the beauty behind the, the air raid offense is really just taking what your opponent gives you. Um, and I know a lot of people think that just is a pass-happy offense, and it typically is, but um, you also got to be patient enough. If, if they're going to drop you know, their, their defenders all night long, you got to take what they give you and, and utilize your run game. Let's talk about the, one of the young men there that was a big part of what happened on the night. He rushed for 157 yards, and that, of course, is D'Angelo Durham, but he suffered in, in injury. He's going to be out for a while. What's the update that you can give us on one of your star running backs, Coach? Uh, he's just he's, he's going to be day to day for right now. For all I know, I mean, um, don't don't know a whole lot about it. Uh, I know he's in good hands with with our trainers, and um, we'll, we'll we'll take it day by day. But with him being out, who's going to be stepping up? I guess to to help out in the run game now. Well, we still got Marcus McElroy, um, which is a big body back, very capable. Uh, we got Josh Parker. Uh, we, we got Jarvis Newton, a freshman. So, I mean, uh, we, we got some weapons back there to utilize. Um, but, you know, Deontay is having a great season himself, and uh, you know, I feel, still feel like we're pretty strong in the backfield. You also had a standout performance on special teams with Garrison Smith. He made both of his extra point attempts and made a long field goal as well. For that, he was named the Louisiana Sports Writers Association Special Teams Player of the Week. What kind of uh, advantage does that give you and your squad when you have someone that you can count on making sure to put points on the board when those situations arise, Coach? It's great to have a weapon right there in your uh, your place kicker. And, you know, Garrison is, is a talent. I mean, he's got a, a big leg. Um, he's kind of got that middle linebacker mentality as, as a kicker, which is awesome. Um, but he's also just a redshirt freshman. You know, so he's a, he's a young guy that with every every kick, every snap he takes in, in a game is going to get more and more confidence. Uh, he's doing a phenomenal job on his touchbacks this year. And um, him hitting a 42-yarder the other night uh, just continues to – you know, give me more confidence in him and uh, keep attempting, you know, kicks from either farther out, farther out than that. But, um, no, he, he's a he's a great weapon to have, you know, especially on your sidelines. We're excited about him. Let's talk a little bit about Knox Kadem. The yardage wasn't huge, right? But I know you talked about it after the game that you liked what you saw out of him and his development from week to week. He was 10 of 16 for only 51 yards because you guys were able to run the ball so effectively. What are you seeing from Knox when you first brought him in during spring ball to now the top of you know his progression and the confidence you have in him to run your offense well there's about three plays that uh me and him both wish he had back saturday night 
um, you know, one of them being a turnover. But, um, you know, he he, um, he understands the offense. He understands the progression. Um, where he's got to improve on is just, um, you know, again, taking what the defense gives you. Don't don't try to force the ball into a tight window or, or force the ball downfield. But, um, you know, just continue to work through your progression. But, uh, you know, the thing I like about him is very coachable. He's always level-headed. Uh, he never loses his cool. And, uh, you know, in the heat of battle like that, you, you want somebody that's pretty calm. Um, and has this kind of demeanor to where he's encouraging his teammates and, and not fussing anybody. But, uh, again, you know, a young guy that's getting more and more game experience. And, uh, you know, I, I'm hard on him. I, I want him to continue to improve and, and, and improve real fast. Um, and, and he is making strides in the right direction. He's just got to do a better job in protecting the football. I mean, we, we cannot live with these turnovers. Um, and and that, is, that is an area that, that has to change, has to. We're talking with McNeese head football coach Gary Golf here on Giddy Up Gary Golf on RP3 and Company. The Cowboys got their first win of the season last Saturday against Mississippi College. They improved to 1-3 and three on the year, and now they open up Southland Conference play, and they'll do so on the road this Saturday when they travel to San Antonio to take on Incarnate Word. Let's talk about the opponent. It's the conference opener. Always a big deal. This is a team, a program that's been good for the last couple of seasons, and a bit of a rivalry is developing between them and McNeese. When you watch the tape, and you do your scouting, Coach, you do your due diligence, what really stands out to you about what they bring to the table? Well, I mean, a couple of things. Uh, offensively, they got a veteran quarterback. Uh, Lynn Scott is a dynamic player. Uh, he can hurt you with his arm, and he can hurt you with his legs. And uh, they're, they're doing a good job putting him in um, you know, an offense that really compliments him. And uh, you know, I think he's throwing for, I think, somewhere around 1,300, 1,400 yards already this season. Um, he's got three receivers that they're – a lot of talent. Uh, one's an All-American. Uh, you know, so, so their offense is, is really clicking on all cylinders. They're scoring a lot of points. They're moving the ball up and down the field. Um, he's hard to get to. You know, he's very difficult to sack because he's so so elusive. And uh, you don't want him out in the open. He, he's a running back out in the open. And then defensively, I, I think their defense line is, is really really good. Um, you know, they're they're two interior linemen. Uh, one's three seventy-five. The other one's three twenty. So they're there's some big boys. Um, and they like to kind of pin their ears back and, and attack the quarterback on that D-line. So um, secondary plays a lot of man coverage. They'll get into some zone at times, but um, they're aggressive. They're aggressive on that side, and um, yeah, it's going to be a great opportunity for us. I mean, I, I'm excited. We've had a good week of practice. I'm excited to get over there and, and uh, play extremely hard and kind of see where the chips fall. But, um, you know, yet again, we're going over into a, a hostile environment. You know, I think they're ranked 11th in the country. Um, they're coming off a very difficult loss for Southeastern through the game-winning touchdown pass as, as time expired. But, um, you know, lesson learned from watching that film is, you know, Southeastern played extremely hard for four quarters, and they broke serve there at the very end and put themselves in a situation to have a shot to win the game. Um, and, and you got to do that. When, you, when you're playing a really good football team like Incarnate Word, you've got to make those big plays like that, and uh, you got to keep it close until the end to give yourself a shot. So um, it, it's going to be a great opportunity for us. We're excited about the challenge. With their offense, and you mentioned Lindsey Scott, he's passed for a ton of yards, but he also is elusive. He can get out of the pocket. But they have, you know, as you mentioned, some really stud wide receivers. So defensively, how do you scheme against a guy that can hurt you with his arm and with his legs, Coach? <laughs> I, I think uh, every defense coordinator in the country wants that answer. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a challenge. You know, it's a challenge. That, that's why, uh, you know, the, the Michael Vicks of the world had a uh, you – know, Vick had an unbelievable college career, right, and, and a professional career because it's, it's, uh, it's difficult. The quarterback is the extra hat that's very, very difficult to account for. Um, you know, so, 
you know, basically what you got to do is kind of you know, try to prevent their explosive plays, right? Um, yeah, I think they're averaging 46.5 points a game, uh, which is, you know, you know, top 10 in the country right now. Um, you know, so you got to you got to prevent them from having a ton of explosive plays that they, they might get theirs here and there, but you got to prevent some of those and then you know, keep the quarterback in front of you. You know, put some pressure on him, but um, you know, always always have him contained. Don't let him get out on the perimeter. Um, but you know, they're 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 a very explosive team, and there's a reason why they're scoring all those points. It starts with the quarterback play. Coach, appreciate your time as always. Once again, brother, congratulations on getting the first win. Best of luck this week to open up Southland Conference play, and we'll talk to you next week, bud. Hey, you think? Appreciate you. If you're unable to go catch the McNeese Incarnate Word Game over in San Antonio this weekend, not to worry, you can stay a little bit closer to home here in southwest Louisiana and check out a tremendous event. You can celebrate German-style and heritage at the Roberts Cove German Festival this Saturday and Sunday. There's going to be traditional German cuisine, music, dancing, plenty of cultural activities, a rice threshing demonstration, antique tractors, and you can even take yourself home a German cookbook from the gift shop. The kid-friendly event takes place this weekend at St. Leo Catholic church in roberts cove just off the rain exit on i-10 that's exit 87 for more information visit robertscovegermanfest.com we got to take a time out but when we return here on rp3 and company on the game southwest louisiana sports station in your home for the lsu tigers and houston astros tune in next thursday for giddy up with gary goff here on rp3 and company this is Brett Musburger's action update. Miami Dolphins quarterback to attack of Iowa is questionable for the Thursday night matchup as Miami visits Cincinnati as a three-and-a-half-point road dog. Total 47. Tagovailoa with a back and ankle injury, dealing with that injury that he suffered in the win over the Buffalo Bills. Jalen Waddle, the wide receiver, and defensive back Xavier Howard also questionable for the Dolphins. James Winston of the Saints given a day off yesterday, a rest day according to the team. The Saints are two-and-a-half-point dogs against Minnesota Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London, England on Sunday morning, the total 43-and-a-half. 50% off site-wide at omahasteaks.com and save an additional $30 when you enter the promo code VSIN, V-S-I-N at checkout at omahasteaks.com. For the latest sports betting news and information 24-7, 365, go to VSIN.com. Mike Sennett on the game. Rock and roll fans, don't miss Neil Berg's 50 years of rock and roll. We're going to rock around the clock tonight. What you should ride, so join me home. With a cast of stars from Broadway's rock musicals and rock and roll musicians, you'll hear the music that changed the world forever. From the 50s to the 60s to the 70s and on. years of rock and roll is a cavalcade of rock and roll classics the songs that you know the hits that you love 7 30 p.m on september 29th at the hyman performing arts center from chuck berry to the beatles to the boss you'll remember every hit 50 years of rock and roll september 29th 7 30 at the hyman center tickets at ticketmaster when pasa presents it you know it's great
Start NFL Week 4 off right with a no-sweat same-game parlay from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account, you'll get free bets back if your Thursday night same-game parlay doesn't hit. I'll take Joe Burrow to throw two-plus touchdowns, the Bengals' money line, and the overall points scored in the game. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. Build your own or choose from one of our popular same-game parlays built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. However you want to play, you can bet the NFL on Thursday night with a no sweat same game parlay just sign up with promo code klwb if you don't already have an account if you already have one you're all set just sign in and see what you got make every moment more with fandle an official sports betting partner of the nfl you must be 21 and older and present in louisiana permitted parishes only three plus legs minimum one dollar bet required refund issued as non withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after the receipt max free bet five dollars restrictions apply see terms at sportsbook.fandle.com and if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help call 1-877-770-STOP I'm excited about fall, but I'm even more excited about the falling prices at Kohl's. I went to their friends and family sale, and not only did I save an extra 20%, I also found sweatshirts and sweatpants for under 19 bucks, cute harvest table decor for 40% off, and great fall styles starting at $23.99. Plus, I earned Kohl's cash. So if you want more style and more savings this season, get to Kohl's. Select styles. 20% offer ends October 2nd. Some exclusions apply. See store locals at comfort details. The LSU Tigers roar every week here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. LSU will travel to the Plains to take on rival Auburn this Saturday. Pre-game begins at 4 and kickoff set for 6. Tune in every weekend to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers in southwest Louisiana. RP3 is the epitome of a high roller, constantly making large bets. But by doing that, the minimum bet is a dollar for a win, a dollar for a place, a dollar for a show. So it's essentially a $3 bet. That netted me a cool $6.70. What? Okay, so he's not a risk taker. He's your best bet for sports talk. 19. Hit me. 20. Hit me. 21. Hit me. 22. Go! Now, back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Uh, this weekend, you got a great slate of games in college football, and many of them are in the Southeastern Conference. You got LSU traveling to play on the Plains against Auburn. That's always a wacky series. Alabama versus Arkansas. Can the Razorbacks dust themselves off after losing a game they shouldn't have to Texas A&M? Mississippi State and those aforementioned Aggies going to tussle as well. And Ole Miss and Kentucky. Whew, some great games this weekend to help kind of give us some insight, so to speak to give us some knowledge for the slate of weekends in the SEC, is Michael Braddon from That SEC Podcast. He joins us now on RP3 and Company. Michael, good morning to you, brother. How are you? Hey, doing well. I don't know about knowledge, but uh, I try to bring some entertainment for you. 
<laughs> hey, man, you guys were killing it at SEC Media Day. So I, when I got the opportunity to be able to bring you on, I had to take full advantage of it, brother. So thank you for making the time. So uh, let's start off with the LSU-Auburn game because Auburn's head coach, man, uh, they were going to fire him last week. If they lost to Missouri, they probably should have lost to Missouri. But Missouri found a way to be Missouri. And now they get to uh, welcome in an improving LSU team that's made strides since losing to Florida State in the opener. But this is a crazy series. Weird things happen in this game. How do you like this game? And what are you looking forward to in this LSU-Auburn matchup? Well, first of all, where are we at as a program if we're saying, man, if we can – if we can't beat Missouri, we're, we got to get rid of this guy. I mean, Missouri's the worst team in the league right now. So that, that should tell you something about Auburn, who Missouri had to give that way that game away about three different ways just for them to get it. So, yeah, I, I picked Auburn last week to score nine points. I was surprised they scored 14 uh, against LSU's defense, which I think is being one of the most overlooked units in the SEC. I mean, I, same thing. I mean, I'd be surprised if I'll even go six. I don't know if Auburn scores six points in this ball game with what they have to work with at quarterback. Yeah, I'll be. It'd be interesting to see. Like you said, this game is a little weird, but now LSU's rolling right now. Jaden Daniels looks more and more confident every week in Brian Kelly's system. Uh, but I think LSU's just going to kill Auburn. Do they fire Brian Harslin following the game, or will it be the next day? Maybe uh, in the in the post game press conference that would that would save us some trouble. But no, yeah, by Sunday I would think he's he's got to got to go. I mean, they're they're battling reports, you know, that he's been fired already. I don't know if you saw that. I don't, I don't know those those were accurate by any means. But they're having to downplay reports that he's already out. So this is just a bad situation all the way around. And if they're going to get rid of him, they need to just do it and not let this linger week after week after week. I agree with you. I mean, they try to get rid of them in the offseason. And look, Auburn's an absolute mess right now. They just they just are with the administration, the leadership from top to bottom, the boosters. It's all of me- it's it's an entire mess. Uh, they struggled to even get Brian hired, and now they're going to fire him less than two years after hiring him. Oh, man, good luck trying to get another quality candidate to come in there to try to rebuild that thing when you're messy from the top to the bottom. I just, I just don't see where they go from here, to be honest with you. It's just – it's not a great Yeah, market. exactly. I mean, and no disrespect to Auburn. It's, uh, you know, a football school, very powerful program. You can win the SEC. You can win national championships. But like you said, I mean, right now, how is that an attractive job to anybody that is already proven? They, I mean, I know everybody says Hugh Freeze. They may have to go Hugh Freeze because I don't think another SEC school – would take that guy so they got to get someone disgraced or they got to get someone on the way up and I think that's what they just did with Harson, and it blew up in their face oh Bobby Petrino's got them on his speed dial as we speak um <laughs> speaking speaking of Bobby and his old team um Arkansas uh, look they, they let one get away from them last week against Texas A&M that's a game they probably should have won uh, everything changed on K.J. Jefferson's uh, fumble there at the goal line that ended up being a fumble return for a touchdown. They still had a chance to win even after that, but they have to dust themselves off, the Razorbacks do, and take on an Alabama team that seemingly is starting to kind of find its way offensively after a slow start to the season. How do you like this matchup between the Crimson Tide and the Razorbacks? 
Yeah, if you're Arkansas, obviously you would have rather won the game, but I think it maybe it helps you that you lost that game. You're you're going to be angry all week. Your back's against the wall. I think you've massively outplayed A&M outside of literally two or three plays in the ball game. You, you, you lose. You, I know it may seem like a pipe dream, but the, you know that Arkansas team, they think they can win the SEC West. Well, they, they're not going to win it if they don't beat Alabama. So had they beaten A&M, game day would have been there, would have been the game of the week, all this. Not a distraction anymore. I think this Arkansas team has what it takes to go toe-to-toe with Alabama. Um, Alabama, we all know, it's, it's real. They struggle on the road. This has been two years now. I mean, they probably should have lost to Texas. Texas is not any good. Um, so I'm not really buying that, that Alabama is far and away better than everybody in the SEC. I think Arkansas's offense is explosive enough to, to go score-to-score score with Alabama. The defense may be a different story. That's going to be the key to the game. Can Arkansas rush on Alabama? Not saying they have to go up and down the field on them, but there's going to be key moments where you got to pick up three yards to get those chains moving. And Alabama's defense has been elite, even though the competition has been lacking for the most part when it, when it, uh, in terms of you know, facing that defense. I mean, it's been three cupcakes in Texas, which their quarterback got knocked out of the ballgame. So maybe a little bit of fool's gold with Alabama's defensive numbers. I think this is a four-quarter ball game. I agree with you. I think Arkansas is going to give them everything they can handle. I just, I just feels like Bryce Young will come up with a play, right? I mean, that's just kind of how it feels like when you got the veteran Heisman winner at quarterback. And I, but I think it's going to be tougher than people think because I think Alabama is vulnerable. We saw that in the opener against Texas, like you mentioned, uh, Michael. Uh, let's go to the team that Arkansas lost to last week, Texas A&M. Uh, they lose to App State. They respond by beating Miami, but uh, Miami then turns around last week and <laughs> gets torched by Middle Tennessee State. So that may not be that much of a quality win when it's all said and done by the end of the season. Oh, the Hurricanes, oh, still still not quite there. But they do get the win against Arkansas, their old rival there in Dallas. And they get to go on the road and take on a Mississippi State team that was humbled a few weeks ago by LSU. The line actually favors Mississippi State here, which is interesting to me. But the Bulldogs are always good for one game, one victory that they shouldn't have had, right? That, that's what they typically always do. Mississippi State's always good for one of those games. Do you think that's this weekend? Do you think they upset and take down a top 25 ranked Texas A&M squad? I certainly think it's possible. Uh, now, I've been hyping up Mississippi State all off season, and I had egg on my face when they went down to Death Valley. I thought they were going to roll LSU. And honestly, I think they should have. They had their opportunities in the first half to kind of create a, a gap there. But then uh, we got to give credit to LSU for dominating that fourth quarter. They did win that ball game. I'm not saying it was a fluke by any means, but Mississippi State has had one real test, and they failed it. So is this a team that – Maybe I overrated, possibly. But if I'm going just on what I'm seeing after the first month of the season, we got one team, Mississippi State, that has one, had one bad performance, and we have a Texas A&M team that has essentially had three bad performances. And if this turns into a shootout-style game, I don't have no idea how A&M is going to stay competitive in it. I mean, I think Max Johnson is a good player, but – I don't think he can trade shot for shot with Will Rogers. Uh, Devon Auchain is a heck of a running back. He's starting to heat up. A&M's getting that ground game going. 
which is the only thing they have to rely on. And now Anaya Smith, their best receivers out for the season. So I don't know. Their pass defense, that's the strength of the defense. So that does help you against Mississippi State. Maybe a little bit of a revenge factor from last season. But I'm a big believer in, you know, playing with your back against the wall. And that's where Mississippi State's at. If, if they can't win this game at home against a struggling A&M, they may as well call it a season because they got Georgia coming up. They got Alabama coming up. They got a lot of tough games upcoming, the Egg Bowl, of course. So, you know, this is this is a must win for Mississippi State. If they don't respond, I got no faith in them down the road. But uh, I think they can win this game. And the last game I want to ask you about, Michael, we're talking with Michael Braden of That SEC Podcast. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. Number seven, Kentucky at number 14, Ole Miss. Kentucky, so well coached under Stoops. We've seen what they do. They have a legit quarterback now for the first time in a long time. He can sling it all along, all along the field. They get Rodriguez back this week. But they're facing an Ole Miss team that's coming off 10-win season. Oh, and by the way, has now decided to utilize an offense that resembles Navy and Army, where they're just going to pound the rock for 300 yards in a ball game. Credit Lane Kiffin for making that adjustment with his personnel. This is a huge game, 11 a.m. kick. I think that's a bit of a disservice, but what do you think about this Kentucky-Ole Miss matchup? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to get a read on Ole Miss based on who they've played, but, you know, you kind of hit on it there. Who, who's got the advantage at quarterback? It's Kentucky by a wide margin. Which is crazy to ba- say, which is just a crazy thing to say, that, oh, Kentucky yeah. has an advantage at quarterback. You're like, what? Yeah, and I mean, there was so much hype with Jackson Dart. Not that he's a bad player by any means, but you, you listen to Kiff, and it, he's basically saying, you know, we're trying to avoid the catastrophic play. And that is not what you want to be saying about your quarterback going into SEC play. So, you know, I know Ole Miss, this is the most surprising line to me. They're favored, I think, by six, seven points in the game. Uh, I lean towards Kentucky. Now, I wouldn't be stunned by any means if if Ole Miss, maybe they've been holding some stuff back, like you said. They're just pounding the rock because they got some great running backs. The offensive line's playing well. That is going to lead to some – some big play potential in this game, some play action. Who knows what Lane Kiffin's got cooked up for a nationally televised audience. This this could be the game of the week, but right now I kind of lean Kentucky, a uh, tougher, grittier team. They've already won in the Swamp, and the Swamp is, is far more formidable than uh, old Vought Hemingway, which uh, Lane also calls uh, like playing in front of a high school stadium out here. <laughs> yeah, he does. I Look, I enjoyed my time uh, – uh, going to an Ole Miss game, and uh, I enjoyed my time on the Grove, but that was many years ago before I was married. So yeah, it's a different, it's a whole different thing, it's a whole different vibe there at Ole Miss. All right, brother, uh, let me ask you this: uh, appreciate your time, but tell the folks where they can go to follow you on social media and where they can go to get your podcast. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, just search SEC Mike on Twitter, Google, whatever. I'll, I'll be all over the place, and the show is that SEC podcast, highest rated. SEC show on Apple, Spotify, and we also got a YouTube channel, which um, is closing in on 10,000 followers. So I appreciate you. Well, Michael, appreciate you joining us here. Can't wait to have you back on in a couple weeks to keep looking at uh, all things SEC, brother. Appreciate your time and keep up the tremendous work that you're doing. Thank you. That's Michael Bryden of That SEC Podcast. Met him at SEC Media Days. Those guys were killing it there in Atlanta. Got to check out their podcast. It is thoroughly enjoyable. And if you love 
anything involving the Southeastern Conference, you got to make sure to check it out. Appreciate Michael for his time. Hey, real quick, got to let you know, 13th Gate, that's right. It's back, and the game wants you to face your worst nightmares by hooking you up with tickets to see one of the top haunted attractions in the country, the 13th Gate. Just text the word GATE to 337-283-8100 to enter to win a pair of general admission passes. That's GATE to 337-283-8100. Get your scare on this Halloween season at 13th Gate, courtesy of Midnight Productions and The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We got to take a timeout. Our final one of the day. We'll get you set up with Kevin Foot and Footnotes. That's next, right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. This is LSU star Jack Besh, and you're listening to the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Here is your traffic update on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. There's an accident in front of UHC on West Congress. As always, if you see a situation, let us know about it. Call 706-0119. Superior Contract Cleaning, Acadiana's top choice for flood, fire, and mold remediation. Visit superiorcontractcleaning.com. That's your traffic report on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Prescription products require an online consultation with a health care provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Subscription required. Refund available for 60 days after purchase. Guys, want an effective, affordable way to get ED medication 100% online? Whether you're looking for Viagra or Cialis, or generic medications as effective as Viagra but 90% cheaper, you can find it all through Hims. Hims is your go-to for doctor-trusted treatments to help you treat ED. Get ED treatment for as low as $3 per use and save up to $1,000 per month with generic for Viagra versus the brand name at 4hims.com/radio. If prescribed, your medication will be shipped to your door in discreet packaging. Do it all online. No in-person appointments. Get hard results with hymns or your money back. Go to 4 slash radio to get your first visit free. That's 4 slash radio to get started free. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash R-A-D-I-O. This fall, Academy of the Sacred Heart and Berkman's Academy invite your family to experience the sights and sounds of student life in historic Grand Coteau. Throughout October, we're hosting a series of open house events for potential students and their families. Our open house events are the perfect way to get a behind-the-scenes look at our beautiful campus grounds and single-gendered approach to education. From classroom walkthroughs and sanctuary tours to a complete overview of school offerings and the enrollment process, you'll gain all the insights you need to make the best decision for your child's future. What's more, application fees will be waived in October for anyone who attends an event. But hurry, because space is limited. Reserve your spot today for Academy of the Sacred Heart and Berkman's Academy Open House event by visiting ash1821.org slash tours. Again, that's ash1821.org slash tours. National Night Out enhances the relationship between neighbors and law enforcement while bringing back a true sense of community. The Caring Crow Police Department invites you to come out Tuesday evening, October 4th 
The festivities take place from 5 to 8 p.m. Come enjoy this great family community event. Police officers and firemen will be on hand to answer any questions. And there will be door prizes for all ages. National Night Out, Tuesday, October 4th. We look forward to seeing everyone October 4th at the Karen Crow Police Department and Karen Crow Fire Department. Time for you to visit the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Here's what you could score. Right now in the Game Clubhouse, you can score a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou. From game and concert tickets to restaurant gift certificates, you can score big by joining the Game Clubhouse. Go sign up today at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Oh, what a tremendous Thursday edition of RP3 and Company. I want to thank our guests, Ray Cloutier from Trail for their upcoming event, Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, Les East, Crescent City Sports, Gary Goff, McNeese, head football coach, and Michael Braden from That SEC Podcast. Poll question of the day. Can the Saints win the game in London with their laundry list of injuries? 48% of you say heck no. 22% say wins next season. 19% say we like injury playing. And 11% say, I mean, it's the Vikings. I want to give a shout out to Ralph Bergeron because he had some quality comments here. Hopefully, Cesar Ruiz visits Buckingham Palace and we have a changing of the guard. Think that Dalton starts and provides a spark and we see the screen game resurrected. Saints 24-23. Well, that'd be good. Ralph also said, despite the laundry list of injuries, I think the Saints give it their all. We arm and hammer down the field for nice gains and first downies. This is the week we bounce back. The tide turns and we can shout, who dat, okay, pods? Those are all laundry puns, and I'm here for all of them. (laughs) Thanks for all who voted on the poll question of the day and left their comments. Breaking news, Nick Underhill's reporting, Jameis Winston did not practice today over in London for the Saints. Not great. For the producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah Five Names, I'm Raymond Parsh III, better known as RP3. We'll do it all again tomorrow, 6 to 9. But until then, be safe out there. Be kind to one another. Kevin Foot and Footnotes is up next, right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.